You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. Hi, I'm Super Bose. Thanks for listening to this Future Net Zero podcast. Water, water everywhere. Is there a drop to drink? There is. But how sustainable is water? How sustainable should we be around water? This is Water Week after all, so we've been looking at that subject and Today, I am delighted to say, joined by a commercial director of Water Plus, Tony McCarty, who's going to take us through, I think, one of the most interesting things, which is kind of call yourself out. What are you doing as a company, Water Plus, regarding sustainability? How can that lesson of what you do with with employees lead to better work, not only for that company, but also for its customers? So, Tony, welcome. Thank you very much indeed for the invite. Lovely to be talking to you this afternoon. Oh, well, it's great to have you here. Now, let's talk about, just to give a quick, uh, I mean, we've had a few of these podcasts, but just for anyone who's tuning in who doesn't know, can you briefly explain exactly what Water Plus is, kind of your number of employees, where you're based, and kind of what you do? Yep, absolutely no problem. And I suppose just in a minute or so. So Water Plus is the largest water retailer in the UK. We supply just under one in three of every supply points across the UK. So what that basically means is we read the meters, we provide a bill, we collect the cash and all of the customer services activities um, surrounding that. We were actually formed in 2016. We currently reside in an office in Stoke, um, so the heart of the, the country. About 400 are here in our Stoke office, but we, we do have locations across across the UK, field-based staff, and we have a mini satellite office in Glasgow. And to clarify for people, the, the, the water retailer, people kind of got the idea of energy, but I think people still talk about the water board, don't they? They still mention that. I don't know why. But, you know, the, the, you are a retailer, which means you look at the price of water and you can offer a deal depending on, doesn't matter where I am in the country. Correct. I mean, we, we have got some of the largest multi-site retailers actually currently on our books. Retailers, i say, biggest in the country. That does require us to deal with a number, probably up to 23 um, wholesalers. And the idea is that what we do is we we buy the water from them. Um, that The water is is supplied to us at a, uh, a fixed rate, um, same price for every retailer in the country. And then we retail that on to those organisations and provide them with a single bill. So from an administration point of view, um, we simplify the process for them. Our audience obviously is generally a business audience, but we have a lot of you know uh, members of the public listening as well. I have my own local water authority. We, we have that still that issue as, as individuals that you kind of have the water where you are. That's not the case for commercial operations, is it? To start the journey, uh, back in 2008, the retail water market opened up in Scotland. So Scotland was the first uh, market from a business-to-business perspective where every single business customer could choose their own supplier. Um, In 2016, um, the same happened to England. So there are a number of uh, retailers, suppliers in the market um, who you can go to for competitive prices, service offerings. It might be about the brand. You might be buying on the basis of brand, what they stand for as a brand. You might be buying because you like the people that you're actually dealing with. But but the point here is it's competitive choice. Where we are now, we are facing, we're not facing, we are in 
an enormous crisis, an enormous crisis financially. Uh, we've got inflation at the rates that even I can't remember. The last time I was this, I was, I was a kid. We've got pressures on the market. We've got loads of different things that are happening, which all build up to this kind of cost of living crisis. Before we talk about the subject today, which is all about kind of how we can do sustainability, you as an organization must know your customers are going through all this. As a retailer, you face the sharp end of it. What are you doing when you start to hear from customers who are worried about their water bills? What, what sort of messages are you hearing? And what do you say to people? Because there's a lot of that that's going to happen over the next, I'd say, definitely over the next few months uh, and, and probably a couple of years, that we're going to have this period of quite high price pressure. And that affects businesses and water, particularly for certain types of firms, it's vital. It's part of exactly what they do, you know, from restaurants and, you know, big uh, manufacturers, water is essential, let alone for just kind of any small business. So in terms of that, Tony, just kind of what do you do as an organisation? Yeah, I think this this is a great, a great point. And I think what, what I would say is that the the current environmental, uh, sorry, the current uh, cost of living crisis has, has put more of a, an emphasis and a, and a pressure on sustainability and cost saving. And when I say cost saving, I mean um, uh, water efficiency saving. So what are we doing with, with our customers? I mean, f- first of all, the point would be the good news is that the water market in terms of its pricing is very benign. So we're not, uh, we're not exposed to the global issues. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But the prices are set every year by um, the wholesaler and by Offwat. Um, that's not to say that they're not exposed to the issues in the market. So certainly from a resource point of view, um, where, where we see inflationary increases then. But overall, the, the price is regulated and, and it is pretty benign. What are we doing? Well, we have payment plans for customers. So we, we do actually offer customers help, um, those that, that um, are in difficulty and we will work with them around payment plans. I, I think the other thing is that w- what we should remember is that 90% of the charges actually go back to the wholesaler. So we've got a very small part on top of the charges um, that allow us to be, I suppose, more flexible and innovative with uh, with the customer. But what we tend to do is work with the customer around um, water saving or contracts. So um, contracting with a, a retailer is a good way of seeing a small cost saving, but nonetheless a cost saving back into the into the business. But but this has put more emphasis around the water efficiency. So demand side management measures, Sumit, um, yeah. are more to the fore now. Let's talk about some of that, which is really, you know, the, the subject about strengthening kind of what you can do in terms of sustainability. So let's talk about Water Plus itself. I know you've recently sort of moved new offices. What are you doing about your carbon? What are you doing about your sustainability, first of all? So let's talk us through the big stuff first, and then we can talk some specific examples. So in terms of where you are now, what would you say is going on? So we, we kind of used that office move as a stepping stone to, to ramp up what we were doing around sustainability. So we started gathering more information around our own um, emissions linked to the business. And we also launched an education and awareness campaign with our employees and also with the organisations that we we work with, um, including customers and suppliers. So supply chain through, uh, I suppose, scope three emissions was was important to us. 
and we wanted to drive a, a step change in how we work with natural resources and, and engage with, with organisations to increase that water efficiency, including cutting waste uh, waste water. What, what I'd say there is that, that it's worth remembering that um, there are a number of reasons why we as an organisation would, would actually do that. Um, one is brand and reputation. You know, we, we need to hire people into this market, Sumit, and you'll be aware now that I'll call it the younger generation, tend to join business. How, how, how dare you, Tony, not include me in this? Well, I was, I was including you in this. I wasn't I was including myself from it. So, so you know, when we're looking at recruitment into a business like ours... Um, they want to work for sustainable companies, Tony. This is, what they, this is what young people want, don't they? I have the saying, it's connecting people with purpose. And so that's really, really important from a, um, a recruitment perspective and, a, um, you know, brand reputation recruitment. Also, and, and the thing I think that's coming more to the fore nowadays is mindfulness, so health and well-being. Um, you know, what's that got to do with sustainability? Well, um, through some of the initiatives that we've actually been working on, it actually allows our staff to directly get involved in um, initiatives both that support our business and support communities. And so, again, it gives them that health and well-being aspect to the role, which is becoming even more important now that we're working in a sort of a hybrid fashion. Um, so directly some of, the, some of the things that we've actually done, if we look at back in March 2021, we, we kind of substantially changed our approach to limit our impacts. And what we did was we refreshed our environmental policy. That's great, but that was signed on by our chief exec and the rest of our executive team, including, including myself. So we've got a top-down sign on in terms of what we wanted to do around um, the, the environment and sustainability. Um, at that time, we also established an environmental and sustainability forum um, with representatives across the whole of our business. And, and the idea behind that summit was to drive direct action. And the group of 16 people, so a substantial amount of people, is led by our sustainability and innovation lead. And everyone is contributing and collaborating um, to ideas of what we can do as a, an organization to improve our sustainability. I'll give you an example. One of the first things they did was look at the travel policy. Um, so, yeah. you know, when we look at travel, um, we are committed to reducing our environment impact. So before booking, employees always consider alternative ways of, of, of meeting, such as video, audio. Um, they look at, you know, telephone. So while, whilst we do encourage face-to-face -face meetings and, and really value that, we're very much driven by customer need and, and, and business need around that. Um, so that, that, was, that was one simple way of sort of driving, getting the people engaged in, in the journey and, and actually making a difference. Some of the other things that we're doing, Summit, is we, we've actually launched a, a cycle to work scheme. And we've actually created, in doing that, we've created a, a bespoke area of our, our internal intranet, so our, our business uh, company int in intranet. And we've had more than 200 visits already. You know, we, that we only launched this recently, last month. And we've already had people signing up to the, the Cycle to Work, which is done through, and you'll probably be aware of that there are schemes out there around tax-efficient salary sacrifice yeah. schemes. Yeah. So, so we've adopted one of those schemes, and that's already in flight. And we're expecting those numbers to, to climb now as we make more people aware, as more people visit that dedicated area that we've actually got in the internet. The, the other thing that we're doing, um, and we've just announced this, is that we are, um, we're going EV. So again, through a salary sacrifice scheme, we're going through 
you know, an electric vehicle initiative uh, associated um, with, you know, our sustainability forum and what some of the suggestions that have uh, have, have come out of that. Um, and can I just, just yeah. sorry, sorry, yeah. in there. sorry yeah. Tony, how much of this is you guys and how much of it is your staff? Because the, 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 the clear thing is, you said that, you know, the future generation, it's so true. Every organisation knows that younger people aren't built the same way as, you know, we were. And they're looking for different things. And for many, you know, a concern about environmentalism and sustainability is, is, you know, they expect that from their employer. But with the things that you've talked about here, you know, the, the, the cycle, the, you know, cutting back, the teams calls and all, you know, there's a, there's a certain thing, which is obviously there is an element of business where we've done so much virtually, but we, you know, we love our big zero show that happened this year. We, we love having a chance to meet people. And that again is a cultural thing that people sometimes go, oh, I wish I could do that. How much of the steps that you're taking, EVs, bikes, all this stuff, have you had you guys as the management coming up with it or your team, your employees have come and said, hey, Tony, we want to do this? Um, and, and the honest answer is it's a combination of both, as, as you'd probably expect. So when it comes to um, the team, we, we actually do survey our people on a very regular basis. And through those surveys, they, they tell us, what they want. So there was a very clear response recently. Um, we, we call it, we, we have all hands events. So it's where every single member of our business will step on an update call with our uh, CFO um, and our chief exec. And, and I, I will be involved in that. And we asked them during, during that's normally a team's meeting because it's spread across, across the UK. And we'll have, you know, over the course of two sessions, we'll have five or 600 people um, in, involved in that. And we run surveys during those events. And, and what we will actually do is the uh, Sustainability and Environmental um, Forum will ask a number of questions on those surveys and we'll receive answers. And one of the, you know, one, one of the um, surveys, we got an 80% response rate to it. So, so some of that is actually driven by the fresh ideas, as, as, I, as I said, around you know, travel policy was 100% coming out of the, the forum. Um, other ideas... Generally, we can, you know, we'll take from the, the management team, you know, there is an element of keeping up the Joneses, as you'll appreciate, in terms of um, some of the, the other schemes that are, that are up there. But engaging with those, those, that, that team and fresh ideas is an innovation, is certainly a part of what they do. In fact, I can give you another example. We, we actually trialled um, through the, again, the Innovation um, and Sustainability Forum, we, we trialled um, a, a drinking water cooler that was not plumbed into the mains. It was actually driven by a condenser. So in, in effect, it was sucking the moisture from the environment around the office, <laughs> filtering it. Now, as you'll appreciate, we're, we're maybe not necessarily ready for that, but that was typically, you know, us trialling some innovation, test and learn around it. I know it sounds kind of trite, but these are the sort of conversations that we're going to have to have on a big commercial well, well, you're, you're, you're absolutely spot on because the reality is, um, Sumit, that's exactly what you do today. Where, where do we think all of our drinking water actually comes from? You know, there's, there is, of course. there's a lot which is, it's purified, it's cleaned, it's, it's then taken back into the natural environment and then it supplies us again. That is a fact. You know, um, that, that is the reality of, of the situation. But I think there was a perception on this particular water cooler that we maybe just weren't ready for it just yet. Um, but, you know, that, that was driven through the forum. That was driven directly by the forum in terms of let's test out some new technology that was offered up to us. You look at these things you've done, and obviously there's an element of 
you're a big company, you can do it. How much of this sort of stuff do you think your customers could do? And what could they do to try and encourage, particularly, you know, their staff to be, I hate to use the phrase water boys, but you know, we know what sort of, let, let me give you a very simple, simple example. Me, I grew up running the tap when I was brushing my teeth. I don't do that anymore. It's <laughs> get the post both on, brush my teeth, and then, then you know, rinse out. And I'm teaching my little one to do exactly the same. And this is a funny change, but it's a change that I've made. So I've just suddenly thought, hang on a second, why do I run it? How long is my shower needed to be? All these things that we do. At work, we sometimes don't do the same things, but, you know, we can start to, to bring that in. So you're a big company. You've got lots of people working there. It's fine. You can have these big forums and discuss it. How much of this can you pass on to customers and say, look, I'm struggling. What can I do? And some of these things and sustainability things that smaller companies can do as well. Yeah, I think I think the answer is an awful lot um, because some of what we're doing is, you know, we, we, we're doing the low-hanging fruit and, and customers can do exactly the same. And if I sort of give you, give you the kind of real-life example of where we are today, we're trying to put our customers more in control of their um, water bills. So we've got a real drive at the moment around meter reading, um, encouraging our customers to take their own meter reads and to give them a route to suppliers with those meter reads so that we can provide them with uh, a timely and accurate bill. And something as simple as that, starting to record your consumption with actual meter reads rather than estimated reads, that can actually highlight some you know, significant areas of saving. Record your meter reads, record your consumption. Yeah, um, have an expert eye. Does it need to be your water business? We, we certainly, as a retailer, we do offer that service. Um, but many of these organizations will have their own consultants, brokers, their own you know, subject matter experts around, around water efficiency. Cast an eye over what you've actually got, and you may be surprised at what, what you find there. So that's not, you know, that, that's not about investing heavily in technology. That's yeah. about some very, very simple measures. Now, at the other end of the spectrum, of course, there are things around technology, rainwater harvesting. Um, there are you know, technology around, um, I, I suppose, pro process-led industries um, where, where we can actually improve um, the process so that they're not actually consuming as much water or not discharging as much waste. Um, these are things that we, we, we as an organization actually look at. So it doesn't, it doesn't need to be you know, technically advanced. Um, it's about wrapping your arms around it, putting it in focus, getting it into, into control. You know, and these, mean, are direct, these are sorry, sorry, these are direct things. If you think about, you know, um, from from engaging our staff, so 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 connecting our people with a purpose, they can go home and take some of these learnings back into back into the household environment. So you know, not taking baths, taking showers because it's, it consumes yeah. less water. Yeah, yeah, and and, sure. and it closes that sort of um, that that nexus on water and energy. You know, not using as much hot water, therefore actually having a a, a spin-off saving on electricity or gas costs. These are very, very simple things, um, measures that we, we, we can take. And yeah, yeah, it's funny because I've actually just done a, a very simple tip that I've read about, which is, um, I don't know if people do it themselves, but they should do your water flow in your boiler. There's a temperature that your water boiler can be at, and it doesn't have to be much more than 55 degrees. Mine was at 65, so I've taken that down. Right? And, and these sort of things... And I think that knowledge, you know, in this time, maybe the one good thing from all this, Tony, is that people will be much aware of the value 
of the cost of our energy and our water because now you can really see it hitting your pocket. Correct, and and, and engaging with our people, Sumit. So back to the sort of the, the people engagement of it. What we can't forget is that my people are speaking to customers every day. So in learning about what they can do to save money, these simple um, tips and measures, they can actually also impart that knowledge back on customers. So that's something that you know our frontline staff do. Um, you know, and, and we've aligned our internal messaging around things like National Awareness Week. We, we're constantly looking at how we can actually build on that message and cascade that information out so it also gets to, to our customers. We've also you know, re- reinvented our, um, our, our online our, our website. And again, you know, handy hints and tips, the ability to be able to point customers. You know, it might be how to read your meter or how, how to test if you've got a leak. You know, simple things you can actually get from, from, from the website or from the frontline staff. They'll, they'll tell you about it. Um, so, you know, these, these things, very, very simple, but can actually have a, a wonderful, you know, positive impact on, on the environment and cost saving. And the final thing I suppose we really want to look at is kind of, you know, this Water Week and, you know, it's, it's OK, it's an awareness week. But really, we've seen it over the summer, Tony, perhaps not so much up in Scotland, but definitely the vast majority of the South is in drought, officially in drought. Water is now water energy, energy water, there's energy in water. You know, Barry, who's been kind enough to participate in the podcast this week as well, has explained how much carbon there is in, in the water you get in the glass of water that you drink. Do you think we are now reaching a point where hopefully we look at water the same way that we've been looking at energy for the last decade, which is how do we save it? How do we reuse it? How do we cut back? How do we look at efficiencies in it? Because I think for too long, I've been guilty of it myself, just seeing it as a resource that we've got. It rains a lot in this country, we've got plenty of water. Yeah, I, I think I think you're you're absolutely bob on there, um, Sumit. I think the reality is that you know it's wonderful wonderful to have the, the hot summer that we, we actually had, but um, when you look at the impact that, that actually had on some of the regions, it, it highlighted the fact that this is a very precious resource. And I also think it highlights the fact that, and I go back to this as quite a benign market, you know, it's not been top of the pile because actually from, from a buyer perspective, I don't need to worry about water. You know, I need to worry about my electricity and gas. Water is just something that, you know, will turn yeah. up. We negotiate yeah. once every every couple of years. You know, I, I think what we're actually now seeing with the, the, the weather that we've actually had is that we can't take these things for granted anymore. Um, the, you know, the weather patterns are becoming more severe. You know, the one in 100 events are beginning to, to happen. Um, yeah, more frequently, you're right. Yeah. And, and for me, it's just highlighting the fact that, you know, it's a precious resource and everything that we should be doing to try and save save that resource. The demand side management for me is, is an area which I believe has been of low concern for our customers. And you know, the recent events will raise up that focus, raise up that that priority um, in a good way. I mean, I, I suppose it's still been overshadowed by by what we have around energy, um, but the reality is that you need to look at all of these natural resources and look at how we can save. That's a good point to end on. Tony McCarty, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. And as I said, I think, you know, the one thing that it's made me think we've got to look at our water, our blue planet in a very different light moving forward. Thanks, Tony, for your time today. Lovely talking to you. Thanks, everybody. 
You have been listening to a promoted podcast from Future Net Zero. Thanks for listening to this Future Net Zero podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com.